All right, guys. Welcome to Dojo Universe here for uh, November 6th. I think it, we're getting close to our 75th episode, so we've been doing this for well over a year, and I think it's kind of a fun thing. And how many people out there subscribe to the podcast? I've got my phone uh, linked into it, and it's pretty cool. Sometimes if I'm on a car trip or something, I turn myself on and listen to myself. Yes, I don't get enough of this during the day. I need more. How about you, Carl? Where are you at with that? You like to turn me on and listen to me? No? Suspiciously silent? I missed the question. I was starting to record. What's that? I uh, couldn't hear you. I said I missed the question. I was uh, getting my headphones sorted. Uh, I said, uh, do you subscribe to the podcast so you can listen to me more, is, is the question. Yes, I think is the trick question or answer. <laughs> you just earned a raise. You just earned a raise, my friend. Okay, excellent. Um, good. Awesome. Uh, other housekeeping things is um, – other housekeeping things today is uh, that – uh, we want to support Dave Atherton, who's our first um, Dojo University sponsor. Um, and uh, Carl, feel free to turn off that mic if you're not going to use it. Um, Dave Atherton is our first uh, Dojo U sponsor, and um, he makes really incredible bagpipes, uh, all handmade. And uh, he apprenticed with other great pipe makers, and um, his pipes have won basically every uh, top prize that can be won. Uh, or at least taken a significant prize. Uh, and so we want to thank Dave for his support and make sure we point everyone um, to his website and so you can check things out. Um, uh, dmatherton.com, I believe, is the website. I'm going to click that to make sure it's correct. It sure is. Um, even if you just want to look at some really amazing bagpipes, make sure you check out that website. Uh, the other thing is that um, there, Dave's got a program for anyone who uh, mentions that they came from the dojo or from Dojo University is eligible for 10% off the purchase of any of the pipes that he's got in stock. And, and he usually has a set or two in stock that um, that's for sale. So definitely check that out. And needless to say, uh, we certainly give our blessing to anyone who plays that instrument because it's probably the most superior um, instrument as far as the craftsmanship. And the, and the tonal quality. It's probably the, the most superior instrument on the market. So uh, so let's check it out. And yeah, let's hear it for Dave. Uh, amazing guy, amazing pipe maker. So um, we just want to make sure everybody knows about that. Okay, so moving on. Next thing is tonight at 7.30, Bruce Gandy is um, starting a composing series. And I don't know if you guys know Bruce or know of Bruce and what he did, but um, you know, Bruce is an amazing composer as well as a uh, prolific performer. Um, this is, I believe, I could be wrong. I think this is book one. Yeah. This is the first of uh, Bruce's series of um, compositional books, uh, which has some really legendary uh, material in it. Bruce was uh, part of what I consider to be uh, a true, uh, would you call it like a renaissance or um, you know, like just a really amazing period of composition that came out of uh, Ontario and, and you know, uh, Canada in general. 
um, in the late 80s and in the 90s. Uh, Bruce was right in there in the, in the salt mines with some of the great composers like uh, Michael Gray, Bill Livingston, and then, of course, um, you know, guys like Neil Dickey and even Rob McNeil, who's, who's been on, um, he's the inventor of Bagpipe Music Writer. Um, some, you know, for me, um, it's, it's a really important era of composing that exists. And, and frankly, I mean, I, I would argue that it changed the face of modern piping and modern pipe bands um, in a big way. And, and Bruce was right there as part of that. So we're super excited. Uh, Bruce will be with us at 7.30 on Wednesdays for the next several weeks, um, teaching us a little bit about um, composing. Um, yeah, oh, reports of cutting in and out. Okay, that's not good. Because, um, Carl, you were cutting in and out a little bit as well. Um, let's make sure we try to resolve that um right now yeah let's i'm gonna drop the room a little bit here you're not dropping it down to modem are you um okay uh whatever uh hopefully that it'll get a little bit better um a couple people yeah we'll we'll just uh tone it down here all right thanks for your feedback there guys um just let me know if any big problems. I can always uh, stop the webcam as well, if need be. So anyway, uh, Bruce is an amazing composer, and we have him on teaching a little bit of, of composing starting on Wednesday night. So we're super pumped about it. And hopefully you guys will all upgrade to your premium memberships or, or maybe join us uh, if you're at all interested in that. Even if you don't consider yourself a composer yet, it might get some of the juices flowing. And I think one of the big uh, – I think one of the big – roadblocks to composers is I don't know where to start. Um, and uh, he's sworn, he's made me swear not to give away the farm here on today's session so that he has stuff to teach. So I am not going to give away the farm, but I am going to give you some of the some of the tips that you might need to get started uh, with composing here, uh, you know, just so you, you might get the juices flowing and think, man, this is really something that would be cool. And I think anybody can be a composer, even if you're essentially brand new to piping. Um, if anything, it can help you uh, it can help you learn to understand piping better and, and all sorts of good stuff there. So um, so that's the objective here today. Um, and so make sure you let me know of any questions that you might have. Um, and we might not go the full hour today just because uh, like you said, uh, we don't want to give away the farm. Okay, I'm going to kill the video. Um, so you're not going to see me anymore, um, and Carl's going to move the sound quality back up to normal. Um, sorry, sorry about uh, the life of an internet broadcaster, at least a low-budget internet broadcaster. So uh, I might have some processes on my computer that are causing problems. I don't know, or it might just be kind of a, a slow day here. So, okay, everybody hearing me? Okay, still. Um, everybody good to continue? Awesome. Perfect. Thanks for the feedback there. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how we're going to get started with composing. Um, and first of all, I think one of the big questions is, where do I get blank staff paper from? Okay. And uh, you're in luck because we actually have staff paper right here for download. 
um, in the file box here to the left. Um, and you can also just Google it. Um, I really like, what's the site that I really like? It's like freestaffpaper.net or something. Let me find a link for you. Um, I prefer that you print out the Dojo branded uh, music paper, but of course maybe you don't want to do that. So, um, so there you go. Um, you can check out, uh, that's my favorite website for getting blank sheet music as well. Okay, and you're going to get something that looks kind of like this, um, although you'll get, um, you will get, uh, you know, a lot more lines um, as well here. I'm, I'm just going to bring up the screen on my other, just to make sure everything is coming through okay here. Perfect. That should happen momentarily. All right, so here we have with some st uh, staff paper here, um, and then what's the other thing that uh, what's the other thing that every composer is going to need? Do we want to use a pencil or do we want to use a? Uh, whoops, there's my speakers going. Or do we want to use a, a pen, pen or pencil? What do you guys speculate is the best way to go here? Carl, why are you? What are you doing there? Oh, he's putting up a picture of my face. Oh, there I am. <laughs> okay, I see what you're doing now. Oh, man, this is uh, turning out to be quite the disjointed broadcast. Okay, some people are saying pencil. Russell uses a quill. Very, very nicely done there, Russell. That's excellent. It's, of course, up to you, but I highly recommend a pencil with a really good eraser. Uh, a pencil with a really good eraser is good. Some people are using a stylus. Um, yeah, make sure it's good quality paper that will support erasing. Sure. Um, Celtic pipes, so on and so forth. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad that uh, people are all weighing in here. That's good. Um, so, yeah, uh, make sure we use a pencil. Now, the next thing I want to show you guys is here's one of the key things that makes composing uh, either successful or not that successful. And I, I've got my little electronic pen here. So it's, uh, I, I will be kind of sloppy just uh, as a forewarning. But um, I think one of the big problems people do is, is they start to compose, right? So, so yeah, here, here's like we got like a little note here. We got some more notes here. And then this, okay, this looks good. Yeah, we got a bunch of notes. Okay, I guess now we need a bar line. Um, then we got some more notes in here. Yep, things are all happening. I'm a composer. Here we go, drawing things. It's all very fun, having a good time. Um, there's like an E and there's a high A and uh, whatever. And then I think there's a bar line there and then we got a whole note. Then we got a bar line. And I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is how we set up the page is really important because this is going to get uh, this is going to get pretty hard to read in a hurry, right? Especially if we have now we have a bunch of 16th notes. Um, actually, there's a couple 32nd notes in that one. So there's 16th notes, and we got some 32nd notes. I don't know, something like that. You know, um, and it's getting really messy really quick. So the next tip I have for you is, we need to set up the page really well, and I want to show you how I'm going to do that once I get rid of all this stuff here.
It's gone. All right. So the next thing is we've got our staff paper and our pencil. Now we want to set up the page. And in the vast majority of uh, pipe band scores and drum scores as well, there's going to be four bars to the line. And so what I want to do is I want to split the music down the middle like this. Okay. I'm going to split the music down the middle like this. And then I'm going to split each of those sections down the middle again like this so that I can have four equal size bars on each page. Okay, uh, you can actually do it a lot neater than me and you can also just, you know, uh, now that you've seen what I mean, you could also do something like this and just actually draw in nice even bar lines. And I do apologize, uh, virtual drawing is not that neat and tidy. So there's my middle line and then I'll split it again. But setting up the page is really important because we need to be able to sight read what it is that we're composing, and we also need to be able to organize it. Yep. Russell is serious when he says uh, using a dry erase board is a really good idea, and I, I'm definitely in agreement with you there. Especially you could add the iPhone into the mix, right? Uh, you could add the iPhone in and then you know, as you, when you write something with the board and you like how it comes out, just take a digital picture of it with your iPhone and then, uh, and then you can erase it and do more stuff. I do that quite often. So can everybody see how I've set up the page here? Okay. Um, I've set up the page in even parts. I just want to make sure everyone understands where I'm at so far. Now, if you're, if you're really going to write out something neat, you know that we're going to want um, we're going to want our treble clef, okay? And we're also, we might even also want um, like a key signature. And then undoubtedly when we start the piece, we're also going to want a time signature of some kind, right? And you'll notice my bar one, there's very limited space there where I'm going to have room to write anything. Okay, so if you're really serious about writing out something by hand really neatly, you're going to need to leave room for that stuff. You're going to need to leave room for it. And so everything should be shifted over a little bit to the right, especially these initial bar lines. So I will often kind of smoosh these guys over a little bit. I might get rid of this middle line, these middle guys. I'm just going to move everything over a little bit so that we have room along the left-hand side. Okay, but setting up the page, I'm not even thinking about writing any notes yet. I'm just setting up the page. When I finally learned uh, that this was the way to go, I started composing on a rampage and I composed a ton of stuff. Okay, so my, my next step is setting up the page. All right, I see a couple people typing. Feel free to... Uh, uh, feel free to chime in. Now, with that said, okay, if I am just sketching, I'm not going to be worried about all the formalities all that much, okay? So I want to talk about what I would call sketching. I'm going to type a couple of notes here. So I call this sketching, okay? So I am doodling with notes. I'm, I'm not trying to create a masterpiece right away. Okay. Yen says, why is the key signature important 
when composing pipe music. And the, the exact point that I'm about to make is I don't think it's all that important other than that if you're going to write out a final copy of something, you know, technically it's good to have in there so that, you know, if a guitarist wanted to try to decipher how the tune might go, it's going to be easier for them to do. Um, so just as a technicality, it's kind of important. But really, if you're just composing it for yourself or maybe for a couple people in your band, you don't have to worry too much about that stuff. And that's the point that I want to make um, is when I'm sketching stuff, I'm going to be doodling. I'm going to be doodling. I'm going to be scribbling. Um, I'm not really trying to create anything final yet. Um, so don't worry too much about your treble clefs and your key signatures. And I do think a time signature is kind of important. Um, it's at least important for you to have it in your head. Um, and if you have it in your head, you might as well write it out on the music, you know. However, to save space practically, you could just write it over here for now. You could just write two four, just so you know. Okay, so it's just, we're sketching here. We're not we're not trying to create something that we're going to hand in to our music professor quite yet. Okay, are there any questions about setting up the page? All right, um, any questions about that? Set up the page to give yourself an organized framework. Okay, don't just start composing because it's going to be really hard to get lost, especially or really easy to get lost rather, um, and there could be too many bars on the line and too many things going on. By the way, if you are intending to write harmonies, um, make sure you set up your page to, to leave room for harmonies as well. So what I'm doing is see how I'm connecting these bar lines here? Right? And so I would actually write two staffs connected like this, and then the melody would be on the top, and the harmony would be down on the bottom. Okay, um, so if, if you're that type of composer, or maybe you're trying to compose a little suite or something, we want to set up the page really well. Cool. Now what do we do? Are we ready to start to compose our masterpiece? Or are there other things that we might try to do? Okay, good. I'm glad everyone has so many thoughts about that. Here, here's my next tip for you, and anybody in the world can do this. So anyone in the world can set up this page like we've just set up. Um, by the way, I'm going to get rid of that time signature. Um, but <coughs> what we might not know is where to go from here. And we might have a masterpiece that we want to create, but we're not quite ready for that yet. Let me show you a cool tip, um, and bear with me here uh, while I grab a little Um, I got to. I want to grab a little image here. Bear with me. All right. Now I'm going to bring in. I am going to bring in a little sharing window, and I am going to share an image with you guys. Let's say I want to compose a jig. That's what I want to do. I don't really know how to compose a jig, right? I have no idea how. Um, I have no idea how to compose yet. I'm brand new at this. 
So what I'm going to do is, before I try to compose my masterpiece, I am going to um, look at a piece of a jig that I um, that I like, and I really like rocking the baby, right? This is the first part of rocking the baby, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at this, and I'm going to see if I can learn from the structure of this tune in order to compose my own jig. All right, so so guys, um, let's get a little crowd participation out there. Tell me what time signature a jig is going to be in. I know I really like rocking the baby, and I'd really like to compose a tune that's similar to it. What time signature do we have here? Good, it's in 6-8. And you know what? Sometimes time signatures can get a little bit confusing. Um, but, you know, let's just start with this. We know that we, uh, we, know that we want 6-8 here. So I'm going to bring this window back up. So t for starters with my jig, I know I'm in 6-8. Okay, now, now how do we write this stuff out? Well, let's go back to rocking the baby, right? Here's the bottom line here is we can see there are six eighth notes in each bar here. We could see that. And you see how they're all grouped in groups of three? Okay, that means that we, um, we're, that's what we're going to need to do if we want to compose our own jig. Now, someday, I'm going to create my own original jig, but today I'm not going to do that. Okay, today I'm going to take a piece of this tune that I like, and I'm going to just doodle around a little bit and see what I can come up with. Okay, so here's a good exercise, and I remember Jim McGilvery taught us this at a piping school once, uh, and, and a lot of other composers teach the exact same way. Let's just play in the sandbox a little bit. Let's take, let's take this, let's take this first bar of Rocking the Baby, and let's make it the first bar of our tune. Now granted, we're not going to publish this tune, and we're probably not even going to play this tune in public unless it turns out really awesome. But I'm going to copy Rocking the Baby out here. Okay? Can everybody see um, how I'm copying it out? And you should copy it out too. Um, and it's, we're practicing the art of writing out music as well. Okay? So I'm going to start with my dots. Then I'm going to connect the notes like this, just the way it is in the music. And I'm going to try to make, you know, I'm going to try to learn what it's like to write stuff out. Okay? There's my notes. Now I see these grace notes. Like, let's practice writing these out. So we got a little dot up here on the G line, and then a little tiny flag with three things. Okay? And that's how we write out a grace note. Whoops, that grace note's on the wrong line. And think about what you're doing as you draw it out. This is an E strike. Okay? And now we're going to do this. By the way, if you're a drummer, Okay, I'm, I'm not that good at writing out drumming music, so I'm using a piping example. But you're, if you're a drummer, okay, you can do the exact same thing as I'm doing right now, uh, but it would just be with your favorite drum score instead of the pipe score. So try and take as much away from this as you can, even though it's not exactly a drumming thing. Right, so here's my grace note. Okay, so here's, here's my first line. And by the way, if you're brand new to composing and to music, um, copying everything out, just writing out the first part exactly like it is here, that's a good exercise, right? It's going to teach you, um, it's going to teach you a lot of the fundamentals, 
and it's going to help you sort of think about music and start to figure stuff out. So go ahead and get your hands dirty and do that. Um, let's let's take another let's take um, this bar that we just wrote out from Rocking the Baby, and we can play it a little bit, right? Like let's play this bar that we just wrote out. Right, that's the first bar that we just made, and we can read it. We know the rest of the tune, right? But let's now try to add something uh, different. So let's take this first bar. Now let's try to compose something different than Rocking the Baby, right? So the next bar is going to be Totally Us. We know we're going to need, um, we know that we're going to need new notes, okay? So, um, what do you think we should do here? Does anyone want to type in and give me some thoughts about a direction I can go with my next bar here? What's a direction I could go? That's not rocking the baby. Like, does anyone have, like, does anyone know maybe what notes they would use? Um, and maybe, you know, should I go up to some high notes? Should I go to some low notes? Jen says three low A notes. Meredith says try a scale. And John is keeping it simple with a C quarter note. Okay, GDE on low A. I think that's a great idea. Okay, now um, we don't want to be too much like rocking the baby, but this is different. Let, so we'll try that anyway. We'll at least see how it sounds. And we know how to write it out too, right? Because uh, we're going to write three low A notes. Uh, and then here are our grace notes. Right? That's something that we know how to do, so let's give it a try and see how it sounds in our tune. Steve says F and E strike. Um, I, like Steve, I like that a lot, Steve. I think that could fit really well. Let's try an F down to an E and then a strike on E. So let's put a G grace note on the F because if we look at rocking the baby, right? If we look at rocking the baby, we can see the vast majority of beat notes have a G grace note. So let's let's learn from that and make sure we put our G grace note there. Um, and then we're going to do a little strike on E, just like Steve was suggesting. Okay. And then um, what should we do for the next bar? Um, if we look at this, if we look at Rockin' the Baby, these two bars are repeated. Can you see that? Do we want to do that or do we want to deviate? Like some people are pushing for a scale here. We can really do anything we want. That's the beauty of it. RTB screenshot does not scroll, show up. Not sure what that means. Gary says, repeat the first bar. Oh, you can't see it? Can, can other people see this? I can see it. It might just be a slow connection that's causing it. I don't know. 
All right, so some people saying, let's just go for the answer. So let's do that. Okay, now, look, I'm just, I'm just going to scribble this in. I'm not going to fill in all the grace notes. That takes too long. We know the shorthand, and we know that it's going to be the same as that first bar. So let's go on to the last bar. What do you think we should do? So far, we have this. The first phrase is... Like, I'm thinking something like... You know, we could do something like that. Like, we could go to the B. Um, I don't want to go... I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't want to keep going to low A because then we don't have any sort of chord progression, like nothing would be changing. So, yeah, like the B is good. Some people saying a GDE on low G. So, I don't know. The low G seems a little bit weird to me. I, I like the B a lot better. Let's, let's go with the B for now. Like, and, and meanwhile, don't forget that you can, um, don't forget that you can do whatever you want on your own. This is just, I just kind of want to illustrate to you a couple of these things. We could do a couple of things. I want to make sure that I land on a C in the next line though, don't I, right? Like I want to make sure that that I can return comfortably to the C. So we need to go something that's going to lead us down to the C. Like, I like this scale idea. Let's go, what if we went down from F like that, F, E, and then D, and then that's going to lead us down to the C. Now, again, we could write in all these grace notes as we go. I'm a big fan, though, of leaving the grace notes out during the compositional process. Okay, so check out what we have now. Like, because we can repeat, as would usually happen in a tune, we can repeat this phrase again. And just like something that comes off the top of my head is we can go... You know, so there you go. I, I just, I came up with a riff in my head. Sorry, it's pretty sloppy, folks, but that's, that's life in the electronic pen world here. Uh, now, that B was long, right? So the B is going to be a quarter note. That guy's going to actually be an eighth note. Then we're looking at that. And if that seems over your head, don't worry about it. Remember, it's like you, you can do any sort of different experimentation. I've been doing a lot of composing over the years, so that's pretty easy. But now I have that little ending phrase that goes. So now I have a little jig that I just wrote.
Okay. Now, granted, that sounds pretty good. I, I, I uh, you know, I definitely uh, have enough experience to know kind of what notes are going to work and stuff like that. And, and you might not have that yet, but it doesn't mean you can't start to dabble. I like to think that uh, most people have enough intuition to sort of know what notes sound pretty good. You know, like we've heard enough music and we, we inherently understand enough that that could really work, right? Um, so there you go. So we just wrote out that, we just wrote out a little, a little ditty there. Does everyone understand what my process looks like? I mean, you might not understand exactly how we got to that, but is everyone following along? Meredith says yes. You have not spoken to the need to play it as you write it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't know if that is necessarily, you know, I mean, obviously you want to have your chanter with you and try different things. Yeah, using a tune that you like as a template is great. That's what you want to do, uh, at least to get started. And then once we get a little bit of experience, then we can start winging it out of thin air. But until we do, we kind of want to have a tune that we like nearby. Because sometimes you're like, oh, geez, you know, uh, oh, I need a D throw there. How do I write a D throw? Well, you know, let, let me take my Bruce Gandy book that I have next to me. And needless to say, somewhere in here, there's going to be a D throw. It's like, oh. Okay, there is one. Oh, that's how I write that. Okay. You know, because we don't want to get stuck on something like that. Sometimes you're like, man, I really want to dethrow, but I don't know how to write it. Um, and then we need to kind of go from there. Okay. So there you go. And, and you can see it's very shorthand and very, um, you know, uh, and very quick and easy. And then I'm going to either transfer this over to a writing, like a music writing program, like Finale or something. Okay, or I'm going to, uh, once I'm finished, I'll go through and I'll painstakingly write it out really neatly, one or the other. But the first draft, make sure that it's sloppy and shorthand and you're not spending too much time trying to make it perfect because there's going to be tons of different tweaks um, that you want to make. Okay. Let me think. At the time I scheduled this, I must have had some tips and tricks in mind, but I think I think I've shown you guys some of the tips and tricks already. Um, let's have some thoughts from the floor, like um, and, and thoughts or questions, because I don't want to go too far because I want to leave lots of stuff for Bruce to talk about in his class, because he he's the true master, um, you know, when it comes to this. So, uh, what kind of questions are out there? And then Carl, what do you think? Oh, see, Carl, you changed my picture. You're very clever. Thinking of adding a mustache for for um, Mo, Mo November, whatever I can't say it, the November mustache thing. But uh, you tried to give me a mustache. It didn't work, did it? My, my drawing skills are, are are lacking these days, so I just. I can probably actually uh, might be able to help you out. No. I, I tried that. You can't draw on a picture. It's, it's kind of sad. Oh, maybe you can. 
That, that's that's pretty scraggly. Yeah, that, that's, that's a pretty scraggly beard. Yeah. How's it looking? Okay, I'll t I'll give it one more shot here with a thicker pen, and then we have to move on back to what we were actually talking about. There. Sold. Ah, somebody wrote on my thing. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry, folks. The brief digression there. Need for balance and rhythm, question mark. Well, yeah, there's definitely a need for that, Gary. So that's, that's why I highly recommend the template approach. Because if we don't have that, Unless we're absolutely sure of our music theory, it's going to be hard for the rhythms to line up and balance out. That's why I like to borrow a bar of music um, and, and, and then like, you know, and then work from there, at least for some practice rounds so that we can get that balance that we need. So uh, hopefully that answers your question a little bit, Gary. If you do pick a time, if yes, how do you pick a time signature? Did I did I uh, miss your initial question? Maybe John. I missed your initial question. If yes, how do you pick a time signature? Again, um, that's for me. That's the template approach. So I know I like it. I like jigs, and so I want to try writing one. So I'm going to go to uh, to my music book or to my band music, and I'm going to find a jig. And then I'm going to learn from the jig, oh, it looks like 6-8 is the right time signature for this, right? That's how I pick it. Over time, you'll start to learn more and more music theory, and you'll be able to understand time signatures so that you know exactly what it needs to be in. If that makes sense. Yeah. And then it could be a little bit harder. Sometimes we're walking down the street, and it's like, Sometimes we're walking down the street and we're whistling this tune, you know. And we hear this really cool riff and it's like, man, I'd love to make that into a tune. From there, it can be a little bit trickier. From there, we have to say, okay, uh, what time signature is that in? And then we need to have a little bit of knowledge of rhythm and a little bit of knowledge about time signatures in order to make that happen. That could be a little bit tricky. And that's why we want to do these little composing exercises before we get in too deep, because sometimes we have a great idea and it ends up getting lost because we don't have the knowledge to write it down, right? What I would do in that situation is I would go home and I would at least write out the, the basic notes um, of the tune so, uh, so that I don't forget them. And then you might even be able to say, you know, and then another good thing to do is talk to someone who is knowledgeable in music and say, hey, I have this melody in my head. Check it out. And you could be like, hey, do you have any idea what sort of time signature that would be or what type of tune? And then I could tell you, well, that sounds a lot like a dot cut hornpipe. So then at that point, you can go find a dot cut hornpipe and use that as a guide to help teach you how to write that out. Oh, yeah, Meredith, great idea. A lot of us have smartphones now, so you can just sing a little tune into your iPhone. And then, yeah, then you can even just, you know, 
that's, that makes it easy, right? Then you can email it to me and you can say, hey, Andrew, I was whistling this tune. Can you tell me like what type of tune it is so that I can uh, maybe try to write it out? There you go. Great question. I see a couple more people typing, and then uh, at that point, we'll probably, it'll be a good place to wrap it up here. Gary says, you need to write an app that would transcribe whistled or voice notes into staff music. Um, interestingly enough, um, some of the more advanced music writing software can actually do that um, with MIDI instruments. And a lot, there are like Fagerstrom techno pipes that have a MIDI output and stuff like that. And believe it or not, if you got creative enough, um, you could actually come pretty close to being able to do that. You know, not exactly. I mean, there's a little bit of give and take. I mean, they can definitely do it with piano music. Um, bagpipes would be a little bit different, but you could certainly start pointing in that direction. Absolutely. Yep. Kenyon says, sometimes... You just put the notes on the page, and then later you can add the um, the bar lines and stuff once you figure out the time signature. And that's definitely um, definitely a really good thing. All right, folks. Well, let's um, let's call it in there for today. Um, I think that's a good preview. And with any luck, um, you guys, the juices are flowing, and maybe you're interested in checking out Bruce's class tonight. That's going to be at 7:30 Eastern time. And uh, you know he's he's definitely one of the masters and. And then meanwhile, um, if you're a drummer and you're checking in today, be sure to uh, pick Mike Eagle's brain about um, some of his composing ideas. And, you know, he's definitely an expert composer as well. So um, make sure to keep the discussion going. And uh, from there, I guess, uh, I guess we'll call it in there. You're very welcome, everybody. Sorry about any of those connection issues, but I'm sure we'll be back to normal by next week. So we'll see you guys later.